Well, hello everyone. This is Dr. Eileen, and this is Medicine Walk. And for those of you who are listening in on Blog Talk Radio, this is Healing House Radio. And here's Luna, the MCAT. She's having a little bit of a tough time, and each day that goes by, you know, she's clearly aware that, well, her best friend is gone. And I guess in some ways I am too. Um, for those of you who um, don't know, which I guess, I mean, unless you follow me on Twitter, um, I, last Friday, was, well, the day I said goodbye to Sam. And as I've mentioned, he was very sick, he had cancer, and he, um, he didn't have much quality of life, and it reached the point where the medications were not keeping him comfortable enough, and, um, he started to really have a bad time, and I realized that time was up, that it was time to let him go, and he went very, very, very peacefully. There you go. And Luna goes between wanting to, uh, get cuddles, wanting to, you know, be nuzzled, and not wanting to it. So, you know, I'm kind of just going with whatever it is that she needs in that moment because she is, you know, she's trying to deal with it the best way she can. So, um, like I said, his passing was very, very gentle and it was a very sacred thing. And, you know, I mean, unfortunately having a pet and letting it go doesn't get better with practice and you know I've lived long enough and had enough pets to have been down this road before but each time it's um unique each time it is sort of you know it, it hits a different part of your heart and Sam was such a good boy and in fact at the end of this video you're gonna see like a little montage of, of Sam and um I needed some time. I needed a few days to just sort of be with what I was feeling because honestly, it was so heartbreaking. It was, you know, coming home and coming home without him. And, you know, even with COVID, I was very lucky to have a vet who would let me be in with him because I know at some clinics, you know, they just can't. And this vet did. And I was really appreciative of that. And she put me in in the very first appointment in the morning so that that way, you know, I wouldn't be waiting with people or having to wait outside with him. So how do we pick up the pieces? You know, it's one day at a time. And I, um, I realized that the world that I had come to know for, well, right around 10 years, a little bit more, wasn't going to be the same world anymore. And that world was gone because that world had Sam. And now Sam is, yeah, in the old saying, in a better place, but honestly he is. He's at peace. And that's one of the things about being an empath that I was able to connect with him. And in that last moment, all I felt was relief because he was out of and because he passed, 
knowing I loved him and being surrounded by that love. So um, this is about kind of pulling things back together. And I mean, yeah, 2020 has been hard and there's still a little bit of it left. And no matter how hard the ending of that particular chapter was, I wouldn't have given up a single word of it for anything because that was an amazing chapter. My buddy Sam. You know, when I met Sam, he was not as quite as chill. And his name wasn't Sam, it was Ryder. And a friend of mine called me up and said that her dog was just going ballistic and had bitten her and she was out in the front yard and she couldn't, you know, she couldn't get in there and he wouldn't let her in the house. And it was funny because I, you know, first thing I thought was, it's like, do I look like Caesar Milan? <laughs> you know, I mean, granted, we're both short and brown, but um, the idea that it's like, okay and she also knew that I was a medicine woman and she also knew that I because of my ability to direct empathy that I kind of create a particular relationship with animals and I can interact with them in in a good way and so um now I go over to her house and she's out in the front yard and um her fingers wrapped up and I hear this barking from inside the house so I go up to the door, and I crack it open just a little bit, and there he is, this Queensland healer, a ginger Queensland healer, slamming himself up against the door and barking and all kinds of stuff and making all kind of a ruckus. And she started to freak out, and I said, why are you panicking? And she said, well, he could bite you. It's like, the only way he could bite me is if I open this door all the way right now. And wouldn't that be a silly thing to do? So I, um, I waited there a few minutes. I said, give him a minute. He'll calm down. So I began to work with his energy very, very gently. It wasn't about making him change, but kind of giving him sort of a, a breath. And so he, you know, very quickly he stopped barking and he walked away from the door. So I explained to her, all right, I'm going to, um, I'm going to go in. And you're going to come in with me. And she, you know, started to, I said, no, 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 you're going to come in with me. You will, normally I would have her go in first as the person who is, you know, the, the pack leader, but she was not in a state where she could be pack leader. So I went in and I told her to follow me and not look at him, not acknowledge him. And so as the one who came in first, his full attention was on me. So he was barking, he was standing there barking. So the kitchen was the closest room, so we walked up, and I said, okay, we're going to stand at the kitchen counter. You're just going to talk to me. Neither one of us are going to acknowledge him. I want your total focus on me. And so very quickly, he stopped barking and started walking around the room. So I um, said, all right, we're going to go sit down at the dining room table. But I still, I don't want you to acknowledge him. I don't want you to look at him. Stay focused on me, and we're going to talk about something pleasant. So I go over there, and he follows barking. Now, immediately, as soon as we came in, I realized he was not a vicious dog. He was 
frightened, he was unsure, he was insecure, and he was aggravated, but he was not vicious. So, you know, we're sitting there at the table, and he, he stopped barking, and he kind of walked around, sort of like pacing around where I was sitting, and I just kept ignoring him. And then I felt his nose press up against my hand, because my hands were sitting on, on my lap. And I reached over underneath, and now, do not try this at home. This was a very particular situation, and I was able to stay, you know, in control of the situation. Do not do this with just random dogs, okay? Because it could be a very pleasant outcome, and I am by no means saying that, you know, this should be done. And being there with him, I was able to gauge his energy and create a connection. I created a resonance with him that I was a pack leader and that everything was okay. So I brought my hand up underneath. You know, you don't want to bring your hand up over the dog's head. You bring your hand underneath and I touched his neck and he kind of lifted his head up and then I moved my hand and I continued to ignore him. So once I felt that his, you know, he had sort of de-escalated down to a point where it's like, okay, where he's curious. I said, all right, I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk around the living room. He is going to lose it because that will be me claiming that space. I said, I want you to stay here and don't move. Just stay here and whatever happens, just stay put. So I got up and I walked around and I felt him kind of tug at my skirt. But he, he never bit me. He never, you know, became aggressive, but he barked. So I walked around the living room three, t I walked around it three times. And by the third time, he was just kind of observing me. And so I stopped and I said, okay, um, where, what places have he, has he claimed in here? And she said, well, he doesn't like them sitting on the couch. So, you know, I went over and I sat down on the couch and he started to kind of come up and I just looked at him and I said, no. And he backed off. He, he watched me. So she had another dog. And so she, it was another male dog and they just got into a lot of fights. So I told her to bring him out because I wanted to see what their interaction was and gauge the energy. So she brought the other dog out. The other dog came and jumped on the couch. Now I had my eyes on, you know, Ryder and he looked at my friend and then he went over and tried to grab the other dog by the neck and pull it off and they get into a fight. So, I mean, it wasn't a bad fight. I was able to break it up. Again, do not try this at home. So I, um, I said, okay, did you see what he just did? And she said, no. I said, when the other dog got up on the couch, he looked to you as the pack leader to do something about it. When you didn't, he felt he had to act. He's not a pack leader. It's not what he wants to be, but he has been pushed into the position of being one. So, you know, I asked her how often she walked him and she never walked him because it was too difficult. And he was, she said he was scared of everything and he didn't walk well on the leash. So I went, you know, I asked for his leash and I put it on him and I said, okay, you know, we're going for a walk. 
So we went out and we walked and he, you know, there were points when he was kind of, you know, hesitant, but I gave it kind of like a little, a little tiny little jerk on the leash just to get his attention. So he was walking right behind, right beside me. I didn't let him walk ahead of me. He walked right beside me. He, you know, he would keep his eye on me and, you know, kind of look around. So I became his focus. And so when we got back from the walk, I, you know, I, I said, you know, good boy, that's a good boy, good boy. And so, you know, being, having that encouragement, he was like, <laughs> so I explained to her that he needs constant walking. He's a working dog, which means he needs a job and he needs a strong pack leader. Now he had, there were two cats that she had had that basically were his pack leaders and they both died. So we're also dealing with an animal grieving. And I mean, you know, Luna, she is grieving in her own way and dogs will grieve, especially if they lose a pack leader. So, you know, I said, okay, you know, we need to find him a home because we both realized that she was not the right fit for him. So we we're trying to find a place where, and, and she was getting divorced. She was having to move. So we it was kind of on a, on a time limit. So we, you know, we're, I was looking for places. I said, okay, we need to find a rescue organization. We need to, you know, I was like, if there, do you know anybody who has a large property where he can work? You know, he's a cattle dog. You know, well, uh, Queensland healers are like part Australian cattle dog and part dingo. So, um, we couldn't find anybody and the time was running out. And because he had bitten her, she, you know, she couldn't turn him in to a shelter because they said that they would put him down. And so it was, it was a rough situation and we were talking one day and I had had a larger dog. I had a smaller dog at that time and a couple of cats. And I knew he got along well with cats. I said, look, bring him over to my house because my larger dog had passed and it had been quite a bit of time. And I really wasn't looking to get another dog, but, you know, there was something about him that it's like, you know, he doesn't deserve to die because, you know, he people think something of him. And so I told her, I said, look, bring him over to my house. Let's see. I said, if it works, I will keep him. And so she brought him over and before he even came into the house we I put a leash on him we went on a walk and we went on a long walk and you know so he kind of you know had a chance to you know catch the sense around a new neighborhood and relax so when we went into the house he kind of you know went off and you know he noticed that there were cats which he loved and you know but he came up on them very very respectfully and my other dog whose name was Desi, she was a little Papillon Corgi, a little very old lady. And she she was sitting on a, on an ottoman and he started, came up and she kind of, the way little dogs do. And so he, he backed off and was very respectful. And, you know, so that was, she was fine with him since he was respectful. And the cats were fine with him because they immediately sensed that he was not aggressive towards them at all and that he was actually happy to see them. And then he went over by the heater and curled up and went to sleep. And she was just amazed. She said, that's just not my experience with him. And so I said, okay, 
if you're going to leave him with me, you need to leave him now. You can't take him home because this was the best possible introduction for him into a new pack. This was, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better beginning to a new pack. And we were his new pack. But if she took him and took him back into chaos and brought him, you know, so then it would bounce back and forth. I said, either you leave him now or done, you know, or, you know, or I won't take him. So she thought about it for a minute and she said, I'll leave him. And I had noticed that when he, when his name was said, it would, it would trigger like an alarm in him. It would trigger almost an alert status for him. And so I went over to him and he looks up at me and I looked down and I said, your name is Sam. That other name is not yours anymore. You are Sam. You are a faithful companion and you are very, very brave. From that day forward, he never answered to anything but Sam. And in fact, she had asked me why I changed his name. I said, because the other name had an energy attached to it that was hard for him. That name had been yelled at him. And from that day forward, Sam and I, where he was, I mean, you know, I'm a Lord of the Rings fan. So the first thing I thought was he needed a name that befitted him. He needed a positive name. And when it came to being a good companion, you can't get much better than Samwise. So he was Sam. And he was my faithful companion. And we had lots of fun together. And it was like, I mean, it's hard for me to think how many years it had been. And as he, you know, his fur started to turn whiter and whiter. And he started not having quite the spunk that he did. But he was wonderful. He was amazing. And he was my best friend. And, you know, there's that idea that, you know, may I be the person my dog thinks I am. So that was how Sam and I became a pack. And for those of you who have animals and, you know, that you love, I know you know that feeling of, you know, that wonderful feeling when you come home and it's been a horrible day and people have been beating up on you and you look into a face that thinks nothing but the best in you. And I'm going to miss him. I'm God, I'm going to miss him. I mean, it just breaks my heart. And, you know, how <laughs> he was a, a bed hog. And, you know, by the time I woke up, I would be like, you know, right at the edge of the bed and he'd be sitting there stretched out. Lots of lots of good memories, and I know Luna. You know, she was he was her buddy, and the the more you know his condition progressed, and the sicker he got, she reached the point where she would not leave his side. And you know that's hard for her because you know she doesn't understand. You know, oh well, this is cancer, and all of this. She didn't understand that. All she knew was that her friend was gone. And if you have an animal that has lost another animal in the house, understand they're grieving. You know, it's not about just getting, in fact, I was out walking today and a woman said, well, get another dog right away. And it's like, no. I said, eventually I will. You know, eventually there's a Rottweiler named Carl in my future. And Sam deserves to be mourned. I mean, you know, people have to do what 
they feel is right. And I do know of people who immediately go out and get another dog and, you know, decide to fill that gap within themselves and to, you know, give a home to a dog, which is fine. For me, basically, if the whole point of that is that I don't feel sad, I should feel sad. It's a sad thing to lose a friend. It's a sad thing to lose someone you love. There's nothing wrong with feeling sad. I will not use an animal just to stop my grief process, which, oh, by the way, I don't think it's going to. I have to grieve because grief isn't where you get stuck. Grief is the way you move through a hard situation because you go through those five stages and the last stage is acceptance. And while sometimes, you know, I think I've reached acceptance, maybe not so much, or I'll see a dog food commercial and I'll cry. I know that's okay. I know that that's what I need to do to be able to, to heal and, and close that door gently. I don't want to slam it shut and put something else there. And he deserves to be remembered and honored for who he was. So, thank you for taking this little journey down memory lane with me. And if you have a pet you love, give him an extra good squeeze and an extra good hug because they are so special. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please leave them in the comments section. You can also reach me through um, the links that are in the description. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, I am on Twitch now. So you can, and I actually created another YouTube channel called the, the Gaming Doc, which is, you know, the stream that I have on Twitch. And um, so you can come check that out. It's a live stream, so you can get involved in the conversation. Uh, you do need a Twitch account, but that's free, so um, if you want to go ahead and set that up. I'm also on Discord, and you can reach me through my Facebook group, Medicine Walk with Dr. Eileen. And you can um, contact me by the email address that's in the description. And if you like this video, then please like this video. And if you, you know think it's kind of cool, take a look at some of the other videos. If you like them, please consider subscribing. That would help me out and help out the channel. So, again, thank you for joining me. And as always, I wish you balance, and I wish you blessings from my heart to yours. And now, a little vision of Sam. I miss you, buddy. Take care, everyone. And we'll see you next time. Bye.